Good morning and welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. We gather here in God's presence to come and to respond to God's goodness and his, the one who's created us and redeemed us in Christ. And so as we gather, I encourage you to take a moment as we, as we start to look at your order of worship. Uh, and if you need one of those, they're at the back table. You can pick one up. Uh, but on the inside cover, there's information about the children's and youth uh, classes for today. A couple quick notes that the um, nursery and the preschool are together today in room 108. And then the other note is that there is youth group today. So after the church service, um, the students can head over to the community space on Rockwell and uh, they'll have a youth group time following the service. Uh, also, if you then turn all the way to the back, the last couple pages of the order, you'll see uh, announcements that are happening here in the life of the church. And so encourage you to take a look. Uh, you can even take this with you and think about ways you might want to be involved over the next couple of weeks. This, this is the season of Advent, and there's a number of kind of special events and uh, services that are coming up. Uh, you'll note in, in particular, just kind of looking ahead, that we'll have a, a candlelight Christmas Eve service here at Waters at, at 6 o'clock on the 24th. And Christmas morning is a Sunday, and so we'll have a Sunday morning, um, Christmas morning service at our normal time, 10 to 15. A couple of things, though, just to mention. Uh, Jody, do you want to make an announcement at the choir? There is choir rehearsal <laughs> today. So if you um, were, were part of it last week, but, or even if you weren't, but you're hoping to be part of it, after the service, uh, the choir will meet in the south, uh, kind of the, the narthex at the end of the hall, down this way. Um, so come and join. Everyone's welcome. Uh, and also, uh, Anna Worley is going to make an announcement about our uh, Advent mission partner. Good morning. My name is Anna. If you don't know me, I am on the missions team here at LSBC, but I also work with a ministry called True Light Child Care Project. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have about 250 children in Ethiopia that we support and help um, have their basic needs met and go to school. And this is a partner that LSPC has been working with now for six or seven years. And over the past several years at Christmas, we've helped purchase shoes and clothing for some of the children there. So you may have seen when you came in, there's a, I guess it's called a tree. I don't know what else you would call it. <laughs> in the back that has some ornaments with children's pictures on them. If you're interested in helping purchase shoes for a child this Christmas, um, we're asking the congregation to choose an ornament that costs us $35 for a pair of shoes. And the church missions team is gonna match that $35 so that we can also provide clothing. So we've got 25 or 30 kids that we want to provide shoes and clothing for as a congregation. And the information is back there, and I'll be back there after church as well if you have any questions. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Uh, one last note is that uh, next Sunday, the 11th, is a special service called Lessons and Carols where uh, we, we remember God's story, the promise of God fulfilled in Christ through a series of scripture lessons and Christmas carols. So that will be our, our, during our service and time. And then afterwards is an all-church lunch uh, over, over at the Waters Cafeteria. And so if you are able to bring some soup, um, some bread, or some dessert, uh, we'd love to have you um, be able to help in that way. You can talk to, Anne, uh, sorry, to Nicole or Adonijah Tianu about that, or you can sign up through the weekly email. There's a, a Google sheet that you can just put in what you're going to bring. If you're not able to bring, it's okay. Everyone's welcome to come and enjoy uh, lunch together um, next week. 
Well, God's called us and gathered us to come into his presence. And as we get ready to respond in worship, let's take a moment of quiet uh, to prepare ourselves to come before God. Good morning. Will you stand with us and sing our call to worship from Psalm 72? delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. The name of the Lord endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen.
Good morning. This week we light the second Advent candle. This is the Bethlehem candle, and it bears witness to the Savior who was born in Bethlehem. It reminds us of the peace he brings to us. Zechariah, father of John the Baptist, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our Father and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hands of our children, and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of we light this candle in peace, the peace that Jesus, our Savior, gives to the world. Come then, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I'm used to lighting the Hanukkah candle. <laughs> Well, as God has called us to worship and as he's gathered us in his presence, let's take a moment to pray together. <clears throat> Gracious and merciful God, you call us out of our work and you call us out of our busyness and you gather us and you call us for worship. Heavenly Father, we pray that by your word and by your spirit, we ask that you would just fix our hearts and our minds on you alone this morning in order that you might be glorified and that we may find rest from our weariness in you. We gather, Lord God, as a people who were once in darkness but have now seen a great light. We trust that the Lord Jesus is the light of the world, the giver of the light of life. We pray, Lord Christ, that you would guide our feet into the way of your rest and into the way of your peace this morning. Lord God, we recognize that Although we are united to Christ and although we are in uh, communion with you, that there are things about ourselves and the world around us that we pray would be different. We all have our own struggles with sin, problems in relationships, and can at times be burdened and weighed down by the brokenness 
of the world and the hardships that we ourselves experience and the hardships of our neighbors. And for such things, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would lend your ear to us this morning and we pray that you would be gracious to us. We pray that you would restore us and revive us by your word and by your spirit. Lord Christ, we trust that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord Jesus, we trust that you took on flesh and our sin in order for us to be reconciled to you. And for these things, Lord, we give you all of our thankfulness and our worship this morning, and we wait with hope and perseverance when you will come to make all things completely new. We give you thanks, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, the children's worship uh, can be dismissed. Well, we turn now to our time of confession and assurance, and it's in this time where we bring our sin and our wandering to God in prayer and in confession, while we also assure ourselves and each other that God's grace in Christ will always be the final word for us. And so we'll we'll do this together as a church, and then we'll also have a time of silent personal confession. The word of the Lord comes to call us to repentance, to make the crooked straight, the mountains low, and the valleys high. We confess our sins to you, Lord, that we may know the forgiveness and refining work of your spirit. Loving God, we have all become like one who is unclean, and our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Lord, we are your people. Please look and do not remember our iniquity forever. Let's take a silent moment of personal confession.
Lord God, we trust that the good work that you have begun within us and begun in our church, that you will bring to completion. We give you thanks, Lord, for your grace in Christ, and we ask that not only would we receive this grace and this reconciliation for ourselves, but that by your spirit you would continue to mold us and create in us people that show grace and reconciliation to our neighbors. And God, we give you thanks. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you will all stand with me, we'll read our words of assurance from Luke chapter 1, verse 49 to 50 together. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Well, as God has welcomed and called us, why don't we take a moment to welcome those around us?
The New Testament lesson is from Romans 15, verses 4 through 13. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. The Gospel lesson is from Matthew 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John wore a, camel, a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's good to be here worshiping with you. Thank you, Natalie, for reading the scriptures. We're going to continue uh, looking at passages from uh, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, uh, as we make our way through the Advent season. And our passage is from excuse me, Isaiah 11. Uh, you'll see in your order. But before I read that for us, I want to mention that the, the passage that we'll look at today, the, it closes with an image, an image that I think is helpful as we think about not just the passage, but our, our faith in general. And it closes with the image of a signal flag or a banner. 
Maybe you can picture something like that, some kind of large banner lifted high on a pole. The signal flag, or a banner in, in this sense, actually has its origin in a, a military term. It's, it was hoisted on high ground, often on a hill top, widely visible so that troops could be signaled to or that they would know the place that they are supposed to gather, kind of the rallying point for those who would identify with the banner. But banners were not just used in a military sense. In the story of the Exodus, when God took the 12 tribes out of slavery and brought them into the wilderness, each tribe had a banner, had a flag that was above them. And so maybe we can think, if you've watched the Olympics, the opening ceremonies, you know, when countries come in with the stadium, and each country has a flag that they walk under, they walk behind. And when one gathers to a banner or one walks behind a flag or kind of underneath of that, he or she is bearing witness. I belong to this group. I belong under this symbol. And what we'll see in our passage, but we'll see throughout the scriptures, is that the Bible uses kind of this literal physical flag <clears throat> as a symbol, as a symbol that references this idea of identity or belonging. Where, where do I look as kind of my rallying point or for direction? And it's in that sense that we get this idea kind of how it speaks even of faith. In Exodus, Moses said to the people, Yahweh, the Lord God is my banner my place under which I come for protection and care. In Isaiah, when we just sang from Isaiah 35, the redeemed of the Lord, when Isaiah talks about the exiles coming home, God announces, I will raise a banner to which they will rally and under which they will march. This idea being that they don't come home under their own name or their own strength, but they come home, they're restored under the banner and faithfulness of their God. So I say all that about this picture of a banner to help us into our passage, because at the end of our, what we'll read from Isaiah 11 is that Christ, the anointed king who's coming to establish God's kingdom, here he's called the root of David, he's described in this way. He will stand as a signal, as a banner for the peoples. And when he gathers them, the place underneath the banner will be a place that's glorious and full of rest. What I hope we can see as we look at this passage is that in Advent in particular, we think about the journey that we're on. Often it feels like uncertain wilderness or the journey that we're on, where, you know, where we are versus where we want to be, we're called to look for the banner of Christ. There's many other flags that are flown, many other banners that are lifted up, but we're called to, to look for the banner of Christ as our identity, our hope, and our direction. So let's look at Isaiah 11, verse 1 through 10. You can follow in your order of worship or your Bible. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. 
And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adler's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This is God's word given for our good. Well, I asked us to think about a banner, the picture, this kind of rallying point, something that people would gather under. And in ancient banners, uh, I guess it's kind of similar today if we think of flags, but they had images on them. An example, they've discovered ancient Egyptian banners, some that I saw, where there's a falcon on one, there was the sun. These are images that connect with Egyptian gods or the images of power. And so what I want us to think today about what would be on the banner of Christ. What is the banner of Christ like? And what we'll see is our passage gives us two images, if we could kind of imagine two images that would be on this banner that's been lifted up. There's the image of a green shoot coming from a tree stump and the image of a group of animals gathered together. And with our time this morning, I want us to look at both of these images, to look at the image and then ask, what does it mean for us? What does this image mean for us in Christ? So a green shoot first, a green shoot from a tree stump. And I hope we can see that this means that in the midst of loss, our God speaks of new futures. In the midst of loss, our God speaks of new futures. A tree stump, the stump of Jesse. Jesse is King David's father, and God had promised David one from your line would forever be on the throne. Yet at this time, David's line is marked with loss and failure. No power, no future, no royal possibility, only a stump. If we think about it, right, a stump is a symbol of profound loss. There was life, There were leaves and branches and strength and shelter, but now there is not. There is emptiness. And this is where things have arrived. 
the historical context for Israel is a civil war amongst the 12 tribes and also external oppression from the superpower Assyria. But what's happened, Isaiah reminds them, is that the fruit and shelter, the life and beauty of the tree has been lost, replaced with a wasteland. And we can try to imagine that they look over this clearing, this cleared field, and wonder what has happened? Why? Or what now? I imagine that some of us, if not all, have had times to ask such questions, to know what it's like to have something valuable taken away, that which had grown, had been built, to no longer be there. In this scene of loss, the scene that we're invited to feel and to imagine, the prophet says, look, look. There's a green shoot growing on this image of loss. Out of this symbol of loss, newness is coming forth in God's power, there's something more than our unfaithfulness, something more than our loss, something more than how others have mistreated us or left us. Some of you might be familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Some of you may love that and some maybe not, or maybe you've seen the movie. But I wonder if Tolkien had this passage in mind when he wrote, Deep Roots are not reached by frost, and from the ashes a fire shall be awoken, and a light shall dawn from the shadows. That's what this prophet is offering to us. Even in places of desolation and loss, the promise of God continues. And the promise looks like it is a person. This shoot is a person, the Holy Spirit is upon him, and from this branch will come new fruit, a new and different future. You see, the shoot's not just like another leader. He will be the long-awaited anointed king, free of the pride and the corruption that has so diseased and weakened the tree of old. And the spirit of the Lord, this new ruler, will have wisdom, not just knowledge. He'll have understanding, not just data to look through. Here is one that will be characterized by the very breath and presence of God, and, and therefore justice and righteousness and faithful be, faithfulness will be like the clothes that he wears. Our passage continues. Here's a leader who will not be influenced by bribes or by wealth or by high stations, Rather, in righteousness, he will care for the poor and bring forth true verdicts. He will not cling to privilege, but act with responsibility and even sacrifice for others, even those that have been forgotten. And whether these words are new or ones we've heard before, I, I want us to, to stop and, and see that Isaiah is in, inviting us to imagine, imagine one who notices the neglected and disregarded. To, to hope, to hope that things could be different, one who have courage and wisdom and use it for the meek, for those without a voice. 
if we hear such a vision, it requires us to pause and even take a breath. And such a vision even invites us to feel our own longings. The image of the stump requires us to consider our own stories of hurt and loss and disruption. At the end of William Shakespeare's King Lear, there's a character named Edgar, and Edgar laments about the state of the king and the kingdom, and he says, the weight of this sad time we must obey. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to say. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to say. I mention that because I think what our passage is directing us is our, our hope in the midst of loss and in a wasteland is not saying the right thing, what ought to be said. But our hope, what this is all directing us, is to the banner of Christ, to the root of Jesse as a signal to us. Here is a rallying point. Here is a banner that, to see that one that speaks to new futures. The single says God meets us in our weakness, not in our strength. He comforts those who mourn, not those who live with everything just fine. He reveals himself, shows forth his light, especially in moments of profound darkness. And that's where we see that this banner of Christ, the banner of love and faithfulness is planted in the wasteland. planted in the wastelands. Here's something to trust. Advent is meant to acknowledge our feelings and even to direct our longings, to direct our hearts beyond what we could call false flags. False flags that would tell us that things are okay. False flags like wealth and privilege or revenge and reputation a self-righteousness. I think God's inviting us to be dissatisfied with such banners. And to see that they don't speak to the deep longings that are within each one of us. For in the wasteland, a shoot comes forth telling us that there's something more than our unfaithfulness and our loss and our mistreatment at the hands of others that even in such places of loss, the banner of Christ, the promise of God continues. What is this banner of Christ like? What are the signals upon it? And I said that our passage gives us two, the first one being this shoot that comes out of a symbol of loss, this stump. But the second image that's on this banner that we're invited to see in the midst of the wilderness the second image is a group of animals gathered together. The first one tells us in the midst of loss, God speaks of new futures. And this list of animals gathered together, I think tells us that in the midst of conflict, God speaks of peace. God speaks of peace. Look at the list of animals, right? It's an interesting list. And on this list are Literally, some of the animals consume 
other animals on the list, right? There's a wolf and a lamb, a leopard and a, a young goat. And so like the, the stump and the shoot, this also image, this also speaks of change, of, of things being beyond what we could even maybe imagine at times. Imagining a, a leader, someone who comes in full righteousness and justice, especially for the weak. And things being different in light of that shoot. Here, imagine those who would consume another. Now they're gathered together. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion together and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And what is the point of this image that the point is that things are different. That through the actions of God in the, the root of Jesse, creation will be remade in reconciliation and peace. Wild and domestic animals shall dwell together and become dinner companions. Cow and bear eating from the same pasture. Lion will forsake meat in order to eat straw like the ox. In the midst of these things, nursing babies will put their hands in the lair of vipers with no harm resulting. And what we're invited here, we're invited here to see that no longer will the strong devour the weak. No longer will the weak be excluded from the table. We can, we can imagine that all can lie down in peace and all find a place at the table. Old enmities, old appetites, old assumptions that the aggressor is the one who will survive, all that is subverted and turned. And a little child toying and playing with an asp or an adder, nobody is getting hurt or destroyed because the poison of the world has been removed. Like the first image, this vision invites us to pause and think about the possibilities or maybe even to feel this tension that things cannot be that way. Look around us. I suggest, though, this image invites us to long, to long for the strong, the wolf and the leopard, the bear and the lion to change their ways, to die to themselves if we use that language. The strong no longer seeing others, especially the weak, as prey to use. The strong no longer seeing their resources or their power simply as a means to feed themselves. The teeth of the strong no longer used to tear and destroy. And this vision also invites us to think about the possibility of a community where the weak lamb the young goat and the calf dwell secure. What would it be like for a place where the weak can lament, the weak can speak of fears and anxieties, yet find welcome, where the weak can enjoy a secure place and a loving seat at the table? And just like the image, the first one, invited us to think about our loss or disruptions, and I suggest to you today that this image invites us to think about our own stories 
and the conflicts that we know now or have known. Some of us know what it is to be surrounded by those who hurt, hurt us, who pose danger, who make us stay on edge. And some of us know what it is to tear and consume another. Know what it is to seek control, the sense that I'm gonna make myself, wipe my way through the wilderness through fits of rage and through threats towards others. Again, our hope in the midst of conflict is of a, of a different banner, the banner of Christ, the root that signals to us. I want us to see that this banner is a banner of peace and reconciliation, a banner in which the peoples see and are gathered to form a new community under the righteous shoot. And this banner of peace and reconciliation is not planted in a place where everything is fine. It's not planted where everyone is the same. Christ plants his banner and calls us in the midst of separation, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of division, in the midst of hurt. You see, Advent invites us to feel our longings one, so that we can give word to things not being the way they're supposed to be. And then for us to ask, what do I do with this? There are many false flags that offer us in the midst of conflict that the way to find peace is simply separating ourselves from those who are different. The false flag of using my strength to keep others away, especially those who would be difficult. But the way of Christ and the way of the community that he's gathering is different. In his gentle strength and meekness, he forms a new community and establishes a new type of table where the weak and strong dine together. As we close, one way to think about this image of the banner, the banner that we started with, is to say that all of us all of us here and all of our neighbors, everyone that we encounter, we all need banners, we all need a rallying point. And we all need that, especially we feel it when we're going through life and we feel the uncertainties of the wilderness. When we're going through our journey and we feel our powerlessness to make things be the way that we want them to be or make ourselves be the way we want them to be. In those moments of powerlessness or uncertainty, especially all along for a, a rallying point, a banner to find ourselves under. And Christ is offered to us to seek the banner that tells us who we are and that there is hope in the midst of loss and the possibility of new community and peace in the midst of conflict. Under this banner is the banner of new futures, the banner of peace established in Christ for us. So I pray that we would turn away from false flags and false banners and seek in our wilderness wanderings the banner and rest of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are and we thank you for your word. We do thank you, Lord, for Christ. And we pray, Lord, that his coming, his vision, his promise to come again will awaken our hearts 
that we will bring them honestly to you to find rest under your care. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand with us and we'll sing together. i 
Faithful God, you are at work to restore all of creation in its intended harmony. In a world where peace seems to be so far away, grant us faith in you and perseverance to walk in the paths of peace. The tender mercy seated. Or having heard God's word, we're now invited to the table that God sets for his people. This table is a picture of the community that this new king has established that's a picture of the gospel, where the strong and the weak have a seat together. And both the strong and the weak, their, their place at the table is not because of what they have done or will do, what they can bring. Their seat is because of Christ's sacrifice for them. Their seat is because of Christ from beginning to end. And so as we come to this table, it's an invitation for us to remember that our place here is not because of what we will do or what we've promised to do or what we have done, but it's because of Christ's actions for us, his broken body and shed blood. If you have faith in that, if you know of your own need and your insufficiency and have faith in Christ, then come, take your seat at the family meal of God. But I pray as we also gather that by God's spirit that we would learn what it would mean to rest in our weakness, that we would rest in Christ. And what it would mean in our strength to set aside our powers and our resources instead of using them just for ourselves but for our neighbors. For this table welcomes us and it changes us. By God's spirit, he welcomes us and is at work in our life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this bread and cup, and we pray that you set them apart, uh, that you would meet us by your spirit to nourish us and strengthen us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Those who are participating in communion, I invite you to come down the center aisle and you can receive the bread and the cup you can go back on the sides. I ask that you would be, if you're able to hold the elements until everyone's been served, that we can eat and drink as one family. If you're not taking communion today, we're, we're glad that you're here, and we still invite you to come forward. You can just come forward, put your arm across your chest, and we'll offer a prayer of blessing for you here at the table. Those who are serving can come forward now. Let's receive God's gifts here at the table of Christ.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to this table of grace, let's stand. And as God's people, we can sing and pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the one who brings good news to the oppressed, who binds up the brokenhearted, proclaims liberty to the captives, and releases release to prisoners. You are the one who comforts all those who mourn. Help us to rejoice and hold fast to what is good. Help us to live as witnesses of your light which has broken into this world. seated. We're going to continue worship through the giving of our offering and our ties to, to God and to the work of the church. And so I invite for the greeters who are uh, serving can come do that. There is a gray basket you can put your communion cup in and there's an offering plate you can give your gift. If you'd like to give a gift, you can also do so through the, the church website or by text. You'll see in your order. Just want to take a moment to say welcome again, especially if you're visiting us today. We're really glad that you're here and, and chose to join us for worship. Um, a couple of notes that there is a time of coffee and bagels after the service. If you go out the back doors and to your left, uh, it's over in the cafeteria. And uh, it'd be great for everyone to stay, have a chance to get to know each other better, or just to, to talk after the service. Also, if you are uh, new or haven't shared your information with the church, um, there's a QR code in here. Um, and there's also a, a connect cards in the back table. We'd love for, to be able to follow up with you and tell you more about uh, LSPC. Uh, so I invite you to do so. Um, also, I just want to take a moment during this time to invite up uh, Will Atkins. You'll see in your order there is a, a brief financial update. Will, along with playing the bass, is also a deacon and leads the finance team here at the church. So he's, I just want to introduce him and have him share for a moment. Thanks, Chad. Uh, yeah, my name is Will Atkins. Like Chad said, I lead the finance team and also a deacon here. Um, Earlier this year, we committed to giving some regular updates on budget and financial situations. So just want to call your attention to a couple of things. Um, last week or last Friday, there was an email that went out with an end of year update letter uh, that came from myself and Adrian Tabangai, who's uh, one of our elders. Um, in that letter, there's an overview of our budget uh, for the year to date, kind of where we stand right now. And also it highlights a lot of the things that we've done this year. Um, using the, the gifts and resources that we've been blessed to have. Um, so I encourage you to go back and read that if you haven't seen it already. Uh, if you're not, if you didn't get it, um, we can get you added to the email list. 
Um, and then along with that, like Chad said, there's a, there's a message here in the order um, that says a lot of those same things. It also gives my email address, so anyone that has questions, wants to talk about anything finance related, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'd be glad to talk to you about anything. Um, and then, yeah, just as we're uh, approaching the end of the year, uh, just wanted to encourage everybody, if you're able, to consider giving an end-of-year gift to the church so we can continue the work that we're doing um, and think and pray about, uh, about your giving uh, at this time. So, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if there's anything that you'd like to talk about. Thanks. Thanks, Will. Let's stand together and sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, receiving God's blessing. Just a reminder, if you'd like to participate in our Advent mission project with True Light, uh, Anna Worley will be at the back table after the service to tell you more about that. Receive now God's blessing. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, may the love of God surround you now and always. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May you go in peace. Mm -hmm.